Hi, everyone. Anne Louise Gittleman here for the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. As you know, I'm a best-selling nutritional author with over 35 books to my name, multi-award-winning nutritional author at that, and I have somebody who has magnificent qualifications to discuss the primary cause for all degenerative diseases of the past centuries, none other than the iconic figure in nutrition, Dr. Joseph Mercola, the founder of Mercola.com. Dr. Mercola, how are you today? Uh, to say I was outstanding would be a profoundly serious understatement. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Primary cause for all degenerative diseases. Are we talking about EMFs? Well, that, you know, my last book was... Uh, EMF, which is, I believe, the best book written on the topic, uh, came out last next year. The one that, next to the one I wrote in 2010 called Zaft. That may be the case. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is, you know, it's 10 years newer. <laughs> it took me three years to write and, you know, just a really good, great compilation material. Unfortunately, it came out right when COVID launched, so it didn't do as well as we had anticipated. But uh, that's definitely a contributing factor. But uh, it was actually something happened about the same time because the EMFs, as you know, from writing a book on it, started with the introduction of electricity, which was about 1870, 1880 or so. Uh, prior to that, we didn't really have very much at all, virtually none. There was all naturally native EMFs, which are fine. But no, there's something that happened. Essentially, um, we know that processed foods, I don't think anyone would disagree that processed foods are the villain is what's contributing to most of the chronic degenerative disease. Would you agree with that? I would. Processed foods, we're talking about refined, we're talking about denatured foods. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, processed foods. And that ability to do that didn't become effectively until industrialization was implemented. And that was typically about the turn of the 20th century. So uh, if you take it back 150 years or so, 1870, uh, you're looking at essentially the ancestral diet pre-processing. So, and, and if you look at the amount of what's considered to be an essential fat, omega-6 essential fat, uh, and 90% of that is linoleic acid. The amount of linoleic acid that we were eating in 150 years ago was about two to three grams somewhere between a little less than one to 2% of the total calories of our diet. Today, that amount has exploded to the point where it's 20 to 30% for most people's dietary intake. And there is compelling new evidence that suggests this may be the primary culprit that's leading to this epidemic, this explosion of disease that we've experienced. And you know, that's the topic of actually my next book, which should be out in the summer. So I have written extensively about omega-6, what I call the good omega-6s. I've written about GLA, I've written about flax seeds, I've written about hemp seeds, I've written about the importance of nuts and seeds. Are we talking about those sources of linoleic acid? Well, you mix things up because like hemp seed is not really considered omega-6. It has some, but it's mostly omega-3 and it has alpha linoleic acid. So well, it, it's, a, it's a balance in other words. Yes, obviously life's a balance and you can have these seeds and nuts, but the problem is that most, you know, ancestrally, 
we, as you know, we just didn't have the ability to go out and, and uh, consume large amounts of these seeds or nuts. It just wasn't, it wasn't possible. So seeds and nuts in, in, a, in the appropriate uh, quantities in moderation are fine, but not in the consumption that many people are using, especially some of them like almonds. Not only are they extraordinarily high in linoleic acid, if you have large amounts of them, you would get that, but you also get oxalates, which mm -hmm. are another pernicious challenge to health. Uh, and many people have problems with them. They don't, they don't really do anything beneficial for your health. So it's this excess of linoleic acid. It's considered to be an essential fat, as you well know. Uh, that means our body can't make it. That's the definition of it. But if you're eating any type of food, it, there's virtually no food that doesn't have some linoleic acid in it. So it's, it's even though it's considered essential, it's virtually impossible to be deficient in linoleic acid. So there is never, ever, ever a reason to take it as a supplement. So how would you talk about the evening primrose oil that's been out there that's been so helpful with PMS or borage oil? Or yeah, that can, be that can be used therapeutically as a supplement. That's gamma linoleic acid. GLA, and uh, in small quantities, it's fine. It's just not like, it, it, you know, linoleic acid in excessive quantities is a toxic metabolic poison. There is, and I'll go into the, the molecular biology as to why that's the case. But you, it, you need some, without it, you would die. If you go on uh, into the hospital and you can't eat anything and they need to get you be fed intravenously and they don't give you it, Give, give you some of this essential fat and you'll suffer severe complications. But other than being on intravenous nutrition, you're not going to become deficient in it. So you need some. It's just a matter of having it in the right percentage. As long as it's in the one to two percent range, you're fine. There's no problems with that. And, and, you're, and when you're taking GLA as a supplement, it's typically in a milligram. So you're not getting more than a gram a day of it. That's for sure. That we agree on. So what about these individuals that are eating nut butters? They're eating a lot of almond butter. Of course, peanut butter has been a little dis, disingenuous. Yeah. Well, it's not a nut butter. That's obviously it's a legume. So um, that is a brilliant point. And thank you for bringing that up. And I think that uh, ostensibly those are viewed as a health food. So th thank you for mentioning that. So the nut butters would be an example of what's considered to be a healthy food. But when it's, it's also an example of consuming a food that in moderate quantities or small quantities is healthy, but in the, con the quantities that typically consumed can be very pernicious to your health. So especially almond butter, that would be one that's not only loaded with oxalates, but the linoleic acid. So you get a double whammy there. And, and what really, about, the, and the seed butters, pumpkin seed butter? Same thing, those are even worse. Because? You know, because of higher concentration of linoleic acid. Absolutely. Yeah, so that, you, know, you can have a few seeds and nuts, but you can't have an excess. And the safest, what, what would you think is the safest nut out there? The nut with the lowest amount of carbs, uh, the lowest amount of protein, and the lowest amount of linoleic acid. There's one nut that qualifies for that. Macadamia so you, nut. You guessed, you, I knew you'd get it. That's it. It's macadamia nuts. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's typically considered the ultimate nut for keto because it's low, low uh, protein. You don't go crazy with it. And, and it's low carbs too. So, uh, but still, you don't want to have crazy amounts of them. And, and, it's, and most people aren't going to because it's so darn expensive. I used to it's, buy 20. And it's very satisfying. It's very, very satisfying. Yes, so it's so high. Them. 
Yeah, it's mostly saturated fat. Actually, not saturated. I think it's mostly oleic acid. Monounsaturated. Yeah, yeah. So it's oleic, you know, same fat, beneficial fat that's in olives or olive oil. Okay, so if somebody were to have nuts and seeds, so you're not a, you're not a fan of the oils per se, hemp seed oil or flaxseed oil. No, I think that's a mistake. You could make an argument for very small amounts. You know, we're talking teaspoons, not tablespoons. Um, but and, and certainly flaxseed oil. I would I would never recommend that. I'm not sure what your position is on it. I'm not opposed to flax seeds, ideally soaked and sprouted or you know dried. But the problem with converting into an oil is that these omegas sixes these uh, are have double bonds in there and they're highly susceptible to oxidative damage and, and it's and it's it's not the so much the omega-6 fat by itself that's toxic and pernicious it's the oxidative byproducts and there's a, several terms for them uh the simplest one i like is oxlams uh which is short for oxidative linoleic acid metabolites and there's a wide variety of them, but these, these oxidative metabolites are what causes all the damage. They just damage your cell membranes, your stem cells, your mitochondria, uh, and really are particularly pernicious in the mitochondria because there's a, there's a special fat that's almost exclusively devoted into the mitochondria. You know what that fat is? It's really unique to that. It's the only place that exists in the body. It's called we'll have cardi to. cardiolipin, cardiolipin. So it's primarily the inner mitochondrial membrane. And it's really important because it's, it essentially is the structural element of the cristae, which is the curved little structures in the mitochondria. And the mitochondria, of course, are the organelles within most all of your cells, except the red blood cells that are responsible for producing energy through for oxidative phosphorylation, which is a very, very efficient way to produce high amounts of energy and really distinguishes us from the uh, as uh, prokaryotes, the simple structures that started, which cannot do that. They, they, that what's one of the characteristics of a eukaryotic cell is it's integrated the mitochondria to give us this uh, way to produce far more energy. In fact, the mitochondria are so energy dense that they produce, I think it's like 10,000 times more energy per, per, per uh, unit than the sun does. You know, it's just enormous amounts of energy come from them. Little, so anyway, little, minute, little minute power plants. Yes, and this, and you can have, you can have cells can have a few hundred to uh, a few thousand or even more, depending on how metabolically active they're. Like, so your brain and your heart, your liver would have uh, pretty be pretty pretty densely packed mitochondria cells. Uh, other cells wouldn't. So anyway, this cardiolipin uh, has four fatty acids. So triglyceride has three. And when we have high concentrations of linoleic acid in our diet, almost all the fatty acids in cardiolipin are, are linoleic acid, which uh, is, high, as, as I mentioned earlier, is highly susceptible to oxidative damage. And when you damage these fatty acids in the cardiolipin, it just literally is just a, a devastating consequence to the mitochondria and it damages them and contributes to mitochondrial dysfunction, premature degeneration of the cell, decreased ability to generate uh, cellular energy and a, a, a whole panoply of, of uh, domino downstream side effects that contributes to metabolic dysfunction. So I have written whole books about the importance of flaxseed and GLA. 
and so on and so forth with outstanding results. So how would you attribute people, or how would you attribute the results that people have gotten on diets with a tablespoon of flaxseed oil? Well, a tablespoon, I, I think it's less than ideal, but let me see how many grams, let me just, I'm going to check because I'm just not even, I don't know off the top of my head, I would just be guessing how much uh, linoleic acid uh, a tablespoon of flaxseed oil. We've, so, skin, I, we've seen skin and hair and eye health as well as joint health improve. And I know many people can't do the transference from the alpha linolenic into the DHA and EPA. So right, many, many right. and, yeah. and there's something to be said about flax in and of itself. It's delta, delta six to saturates. So the, um, a tablespoon of flaxseed oil has 400 milligrams of linoleic acid. So easily you can integrate that into uh, a healthy diet. You just have to be careful about other high sources. So, I, you know, and, and I just think there's better ways to do it. I mean, if you wanted to use flax seeds, uh, fatty acids, I would do it as a flax seeds, as I said earlier, and sprout them and, uh, or soak them overnight at least. And you're getting the whole food rather than processing it through a industrially processed oil, which is far more susceptible to oxidative damage. So, and I, and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, so here, here's the, the, my explanation for why many people are improving me because you know, 90% of the people in the country are metabolically ill, metabolically dysfunctional. Uh, and, th and that's done from the most recent, which is by now five years old, and Haynes data that looked at a wide variety of, of uh, biological parameters to make this assessment. So. The, the most of the country, as you well know, is sick. I would say 90% insulin resistance, metabolically ill. And so, and they're eating terrible. They're eating loads of processed food. So it's, it doesn't take much of a tweak in the right direction to see substantial improvements. And I think flaxseed oil could be an example of that. And by itself, you know, it's minimally harmful unless you're already having, you so you say you're eating 10, 20, 30 grams of flaxseed of a uh, linoleic acid a day, well, you're only getting 400 milligrams. So it's, you know, it's, it's relatively small, but it's still, it's probably pushing you in the wrong direction. Now you're getting some other benefits from the omega-3s that are in flaxseed. It's not the omega-6 that's causing the benefit when you get flaxseed oil or flaxseed fatty acids. Uh, it's the omega-3 that's giving the benefit. Uh, so and I think there's other, I've, I'm a personally like the higher order omega-3s rather than the ALA, the- And talk uh, to my audience about higher order omega-3s. Are you talking about fish oil, krill oil? Yeah, because uh, the, the omega-3 in flaxseed in all plants, most all plants, and there's pretty much all absolutes are incorrect, but most all plants would be omega-3, which is ALA. It's an 18 chain fatty acid. Uh, and and as you alluded to, that's, you know, your body needs the higher order ones, which would be the 20 chain, which would be EPA and the 22, which is DHA. So your body has an enzyme called delta-6 saturase, which elongates that, uh, except that process is not very efficient and it depends on how, how metabolically healthy you are, so how efficient that is. So, uh, but you can definitely, definitely convert it. So if you're getting some ALA 18 chain uh, fats, omega-3 fats in your diet, your body can convert some, but you still need some probably higher levels of DHA, which is the, the, the primary omega-3 fat that's in your brain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, my, that, my personal preference would get some of that, but I think you can equally make a, make a same mistake of consuming some of these omega-3 supplements uh, 
like fish oil supplements. And I, my guess is that the vast majority of fish oil supplements are, are highly rancid. problematic. Yes. Yeah, not only rancid and they may be contaminated. There's a lot of problems with it. So, but that, that doesn't, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because there are some good ones. You just have to be really diligent and careful and assiduous in your analysis of them. So dietarily, to, 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 to be very practical with my listening audience, so what are we talking about? Are we talking about two ounces of nuts and seeds a day and not more? Well, that's a great, great question. I think, it, as I mentioned, we, go, we want to um, replicate what our ancestors were doing 150 years ago, which, as I said, is about 1% to 2% of your total calories is linoleic acid. So the first step is to analyze what you're currently eating. And there is a, uh, an application, excuse me, it's a uh, piece of software called Chronometer. I love it, C-R-O-N-O-M-E-T-E-R.com. It's free on your desktop. And you can just sign up, get an account, and then enter your food intake for the day. Now, it's only as accurate as your, in, as your entry, data entry. So <laughs> you have to weigh your food. So you just can't guess. You know, so you get a digital kitchen scale, electronic, which is about $10 if you don't already have one. And you weigh your food and you put it in. You'll, and then there is a section in there, lower down, that, that will tell you to the 10th of a gram how much omega-6 fat you're getting. So you do, first of all, you need to do the analysis. Now you and then and then you can actually right click on the field next to the grams, and it will show you the foods that you entered, rank order them as to what are the highest amounts and exactly how many grams are in each of those foods. So you can identify the highest sources, which is the key. And you'll find that the typical for most people, the average person, is the industrially processed vegetable oils, and I don't yes. think any nutritionist would disagree that those are just prof pro profoundly pernicious. They are, they're the worst culprits for health. The problem is they're hidden in so many foods and most processed foods, that's what they have. They're cheap as crap and they just, they're full loaded with linoleic acid. So especially the, the, the worst one is like safflower, safflower, sunflower oil. I think it's like 70% linoleic acid. Uh, and, 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 highly, the, and highly processed and adulterated. Oh, yeah, it's just them. the processing adds its own problems with it. I mean, even if you had cold pressed, you know, like it's possible, it's still, it's still an issue. If you had the cleanest sources and, and even from the whole foods and you had excessive LA, it's still going to cause metabolic problems. Once you get beyond the 2% range and, the, and, and the, the best estimates are that once you get to 4%, your risk for cancer goes through the roof. So um, and not only cancer, but heart disease, uh, dementia, uh, and the, the one that, that that's, that's really solid evidence for is uh, blindness associated with aging, which has also caused age-related macular degeneration. Oh, so, so this is a very big deal. So then we would tell our people to rely on olive oil. What about cooking with oils? Is that a no-no in your book? Well, olive oil can be a problem. You know, we had this. Oh, is so let's just we have to discuss that because olive. Yeah, oil of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. You know, because olive oil has significant, you're talking about getting into the gram quantities. Your, your GLA supplement, uh, Barajwa, was only a few hundred milligrams, but some people are under the impression that the Mediterranean diet is the healthiest diet on the planet, and the more olive oil, the better. You start going four to six, eight tablespoons of olive oil, you are getting into 10 to 15 grams of linoleic acid just from the olive oil just from the olive oil. So I, I personally would not recommend more than a tablespoon a day of olive oil. And then the, here's the other problem with olive oil, as I'm sure you're well aware of, 
80% of it's the cotton. olive oil produced in the United States is just, it, it's... Um, can, can, canola and sunflower oil. Well, it, it's adulterated. That's the word I was searching for. It's adulterated. Uh, there are, you, it doesn't mean it's, it's impossible to find, but you've got to get it from these uh, specialty vendors that make them themselves, like growers in California or imported from overseas. So it, you can get it, but, you know, and, and it, so it's, it's not, the, and it's adulterated these other oils. Canola is, is actually not as bad as the sunflower oil. And most of it is actually adulterated with sunflower oil because it's the consistency and the texture is so similar. So it's more difficult to discern that it's been adulterated. And sunflower oil, as I said earlier, 70% linoleic acid. So it, 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 in uh, 60 Minutes did a big expose on this. Like I remember that. And so there's a yeah. taste test. Yeah, it was like, so yeah. when it comes to a lot, a lot of people, a lot of my followers are using olive oil. They're using it on their salads. So what about cooking with oils? Talk about the no-nos in that regard. Well, the same thing. You know, you don't want to use any of these vegetable oils, these industrially processed vegetable oils. Uh, you could use olive oil. I, I, yeah, I like the oils with the least amount of uh, linoleic acid. So that would be coconut oil. Uh, tallow, which may be one of the best, uh, and butter. So uh, you're looking at like literally milligrams, way less than a gram in each of those, probably only a few hundred milligrams for the typical dose that you would use. So you can really minimize your dose. So you know, it's interesting, you could, I just had eight ounces of ground buffalo for lunch, like shortly before we, this, this interview. And it, the, you know how much linoleic acid was in this? Eight ounces, that's a lot of food, right? A lot of how buffalo. Many, how much? How much? How much do you? How much do you think? Uh, how much linoleic acid was in that? Like four hundred milligrams. That so it's it. minute. Yeah, it's, it's it's that's exactly the type of food that our ancestors were eating. You know, it just it's, it's not it's it's enough. It's it's the exact amount that you're going to get that you should be getting and you need to stay healthy. It's what our ancestors were eating. You know, and foods like butter. Butter has a little bit more linoleic acid, uh, but it's it's got the CLA, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's it's interestingly, we don't know because the studies haven't been done. But it, you know, my friend Paul Saladino, who's a big per, big advocate of the carnivore diet, uh, it has speculates that it may be a biomarker for. <laughs> Because CLA has been associated with decreased risk of cancer and other things. Yeah. So there's a lot of people are taking it as supplements, but he thinks that's not a good idea because it just might be a, if you're getting it naturally in your food, it's a biomarker for, for animal foods because <laughs> it, it only is in animal foods. You know, you're huh, not going to get it from true. plants. Very you're true. Only get, so if people who have high intakes of CLA were eating large amounts of animal food. So that was the, the reason why they had low, uh, the, the observed health benefits. It wasn't the CLA specifically, it might just be a biomarker for it. So what do you cook with? So we're talking about coconut oil, you're talking about a little bit of olive oil, you know, maybe- no, or butter, butter, or as I said, butter or tallow. Are we talking about ghee when we talk about butter? You could do ghee. I mean, you don't have to do it. I mean, it's, it's a lot more expensive ghee you know, or certainly more hassle factor to make it yourself, but you could just do regular butter, ideally from grass-fed butter. You know, you don't want it from industrially raised chickens, capo chickens. No, this is very- or, I'm not chickens, I'm sorry. Hens. <laughs> cows, cows, cows. 
So a typical day for Dr. Mercola is breakfast. Tell me what you had for breakfast. Now I know what you had for lunch. You had something with that buffalo, I assume, something green. No, 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 no. I don't. I'm, I'm more carnivore. I don't have hardly any. I don't eat vegetable foods. It's not really a vegetable, but not animal proteins would be, or foods would be a, a half of an avocado. Half, avocados are pretty high in linoleic acid too. Uh, has about two and a half grams, one avocado. Wow, it's considered an omega, actually a monounsaturated fat primarily. I know, but it's still got, it's loaded with LA. Yeah, but see, that's something that people don't recognize. Yeah, it's insane. So you just, you will recognize it if you, if you enter your food in chronometer and it will tell you. And I'm actually, uh, I know the developer of the program, and he's going to make a special uh, gauge bar at the top. So it will show you exactly the percentage of linoleic acid in your diet, you know, from zero to 50. I don't think anyone has more than 50%, but you know, you want it to be about 2%, top it off at 2%. Mine, mine is typically about 1.7%. So, so breakfast, but, let's get back. Breakfast, I have the, uh, I have, let's see, uh, eight tablespoons of butter in one of the vegetable foods I eat, or non-animal foods, which with a third of cup of cooked millet. And uh, why millet? I'm sorry, why millet? Because there's no gluten in it. It has, you know, rice is actually a little better as a grain because it doesn't have any linoleic acid, where millet has a substantial amount, about as much as an avocado, uh, or at least a third of a cup does. So, uh, so I have millet, and uh, there's very little oxalates in that too. So no gluten. Uh, and I like the taste of it, it gives a little texture. Then I have a smoothie, which consists of uh, some collagen protein powder that we make, um, about five tablespoons of uh, MCT oil, specifically caprylic acid. And uh, that, and some more, uh, put a little butter in that too, and a little hot water and the, the collagen protein powder, which is flavored so good. Actually, I have the chocolate in the morning. I put some hot water in there and I have like my hot chocolate in the winter. It's just so delicious. And uh, that and the millet. And uh, I typically put about one to two ounces of liverwurst, which is uh, uh, organ meats of uh, liver and heart, beef heart in there. So I'm getting some of the, you know, you know, liver is, these organ meats are some of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't need a lot of them. It's, you know, one to two ounces a day is plenty, you know, it's just a small amount. So, uh, yeah, that's a typical breakfast. And a typical lunch. Typical lunch was I just had was be, um, I, I actually do have some red onions. I like red onions and I put that in with the Buffalo and then I'll have another smoothie, pretty similar, uh, uh, set up except I put a half of avocado in it for the one at lunch so and then and then I'll have some fruit throughout the day too because I like healthy carbs it depends on the day if I'm working out or not I'll go up to 150 grams of carbs so I might have a one or two red 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 delicious apples some tangerines um you know and uh so you know on the days that I'm really working out heavy which is about three or four days a week so so the best nuts just to recap the best nut of course is the macadamia nut yeah, it can't beat it. But they're so expensive. When I was buying them initially and when I started keto, it was like 200, it was 250, maybe $300 for 25 pounds of them. Now yeah, it's like double. It's like $600 for 25 pounds. And what about the macadamia nut oil that I tell my people to use? 
Well, it probably, if you're going to, I'm, I'm not a big fan of processed food oils. I'd rather see people eating the whole food. But if you're going to use it, that's probably the best. And, and because it's so high in oleic acid, it's very similar to olive oil. Sure. Uh, I, and I, I don't know, I don't have the insider scoop on the industry of, with respect to the processors of macadamia nut oil. Uh, and if there's any adulteration, but there is for avocado oil. I don't know if you're aware of that, but it's really similar to the olive oil. Industry. Yes, and let's talk about the adulteration of avocado oil. Exceedingly important. I've always sensed that very similar to that of the olive. So what's going on with the avocado oil? They're doing the same darn thing. They're adulterating to increase their profits. And then there, I think, I don't remember the series that Netflix had, but they had a really marvelous series about food fraud and deception, or maybe some other type of fraud and deception series, but they had a whole episode, it was an hour about the, the problems of avocados. You know, they guilt trip you for eating avocado because it's, it's, an, it's the cartels in Mexico are involved, deeply involved in this. Uh, so, I mean, there's that whole other issue. And, you know, we just, you know, that, you know, it, I mean, it's a problem. It really is an issue. But then you've got the other challenge of it being adulterated, just like, you know, with these, sun, these sunflower oils and you, know, you don't even know what you're getting. So, but, but if you're going to have, I would I never purchased macadamia nut oil, but I imagine it'd have to be expensive because the macadamia nuts are so outrageously expensive. Not expensive. It's not? No, it's not terribly expensive. I use it all the time. We use, it in, we use it in low heat cooking. We use a little, yeah. of course, a little bit well, goes a long way. Very similar to olive oil. Yeah, actually, and Mike, I didn't look it up, but I'm, it has to have lots lower levels of linoleic acid than olive oil. So it would be my high recommendation for macadamia nut oil over olive oil any day. Excellent. And there's a new one on the market, pecan oil. What do you think of that? Pecans have a lot higher LA levels. So I would definitely go with the macadamia nut. And in fact, I did, thank you for bringing that up because it is a really, it, it's it almost, it's, it's, almost identical to olive oil with respect to the oleic acid concentration, but then you got lower LA levels. So it's got olive oil beat on, on, in spades, you know, in my book, in my view. Oh, it's a very interesting industry. You know, years ago, of course, we were told to omit all vegetable oils or to use the vegetable oils back in the 1950s. Oh, we've gosh. come full yeah. round. Yeah. So that's, that was you know, the uh, Keys, Ansel Keys, I'm sure you're well familiar with him. Oh, he yes, 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 yes. Been vilified by so many in our industry. But, you know, he was right. It was the fat that was killing us. It was the fat, except he vilified the wrong fat. He, he put the, tip, the pin on saturated fat when it was the polyunsaturated fats that, that he promoted that was actually doing the, the deadly uh, work. The, the deadly deeds. No, I don't disagree one iota. So when I wrote my book, Beyond Pritikin, back in 1988, I brought back the right fats and the seeds and the nuts and so on and so forth, because people on the Pritikin diet were doing a fat-free diet without the right kind of fats. But some, you know, and some people on the Pritikin diet got better, and I never understood why. Why could type 2 diabetics resolve their disease with this low-fat diet? It, it just boggled my mind. And then I finally realized, which is really the motivation for this, right? One of the motivations for writing this book is that because they radically lowered their linoleic acid content. They did. But I have to tell you something. There was a lot of pros and a lot of cons. A lot of those I'm not saying it's the best diet, but it, they did get benefit from it. Some people got benefit. A lot yeah, of the yeah, women... Yeah. 
we saw a lot of cancer, people lowered their cholesterol to 120, 130, and so on and so forth. So there were some downsides to that as well. So if we were gonna leave our, our listeners with a kind of take home message, what would that be from Dr. Joseph Mercola? Well, to just be aware that you want the, the I think the primary message is to, to know that these, excuse me, industrially processed vegetable oils are some of the worst foods you could possibly eat, which means that obviously you don't want to purchase any of them, but you also want to identify their inclusion in any of the foods you eat. So almost any processed foods is going to have them incorporated to them. And another stealth hidden source of them is when you go to a restaurant, there is no financial incentive for almost any restaurant to use anything other but these cheap industrial processed oils and when they're, yes. when they're cooking. So you can be almost guaranteed you're going to get a massive insult of an increase in linoleic acid when you go out to eat at almost any restaurant, which is almost a moot issue now for most people in the country since almost all the restaurants are closed. But, but <laughs> when restaurants are open, and this is a, almost 100% of the fast food restaurants, which are exactly where these are targeted. You know, they're all using these vegetable oils. So, you know, French fries, I mean, it's probably the most toxic food on the planet. Maybe donuts beats it because they've got the, the vegetable oils and they're frying them. They're creating all these oxidative metabolites, these cyclic aldehydes and other, other things that are just ruining your health. So stay away from those foods, eliminate them. Uh, and uh, and I, it'll, it'll do wonders for your health. So let me thank you so much for being my guest today, Dr. Mercola. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. And I want to thank all my listeners for joining me yet once again on First Lady of Nutrition podcast. I want to thank my sponsor, Unikey Health, my go-to for all supplements, testing facilities, and testing home, home testing kits, as well as some of your best vitamins, minerals, and detox supplements. So thank you so much, and we'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm.